Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another TMV podcast brought to you by The Muslim Vibe. My name is Salim Qasim and as always I'm your host for this week's podcast. Today I'm joined by Jay Dean, a convert to Islam and part of the popular hip-hop group The Dean Squad, who is also no stranger to controversy. Converting to Islam while still attending his Catholic high school and navigating his way through the complicated world of balancing religion with hip-hop, Jadine recognizes the power in both being an influencer as well as staying grounded in humility. Jadine reflects on his personal journey through Islam and music and the role of Muslim influencers and their responsibility. And finally, we discuss his inspiring Quran project that he recently undertook. Before we get underway, a quick word from our sponsor, Wahid Invest. Wahid helps you become a halal investor in minutes. Clients from over 40 states have already started their journey with us. Here's how it works. First, we ask you eight simple questions to recommend a portfolio based on your risk profile. You then select your portfolio and simply sign up online. Your account can be approved in seconds. After you fund your account, we'll place the trades for you. All you have to do then is sit back and monitor your performance. It actually is that easy. Assalamu alaikum, Jadeen. Thank you. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. This has been a, a long time coming. Yes, it has been a long time, man. And it's been a while because we met like a few years ago in the UK, man. That was like a long time ago. We, we met and then I, I, I somehow found your personal Facebook page and, yeah. and followed you on that. You hide it very well. Um, f- followed you on that. <laughs> and we, we I guess we've had a bit of communication back and forth. Um, yeah. And then... Just lately, with, with the stuff you've been doing this year and in, in the Quran project, it just really, really piqued my interest. And I thought we have to have a conversation about this because I, I, I want to find out more. Yeah, um, absolutely. So thanks for your time. I think, I guess by, by, by way of introduction, um, you are one half of the Dean Squad. Um, the one half, one third. Yeah, one, one third. third. <laughs> yeah, let's not forget Sammy. Sammy's there too as well. <laughs> but the, um, the infamous Dean Squad, let's say. Um, yeah, so how, how would you, uh, for, for someone who hasn't come across your stuff, how, how would you describe um, Dean Squad? Um, to simply put it, I just say Dean Squad is a group of two artists, which is myself, Jay Dean, Carter Zahar, and my, our manager, Sami Aboud. Um, we're three young Muslims who have very, very different backgrounds from each other. You know, I'm a convert to Islam. I converted at the age of 15. You know, Carter uh, is 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 from Lebanon, and you know, he he was he's a survivor from like the war that happened between Lebanon and and Israel in 2006. And you know, Sami Aboud, you know, his he has he's been in the music business for half of his life, and you know, you know, so we all kind of just came together and we just brought this force which is now Dean Squad, and our, our mission is, you know, to give and give kids, give the youth an alternative. Like, we're very we're very clear in our vision that the music that we make is for the young Muslims, you know, or for young people in general to feel inspired, you know, to have an alternative in their faith, you know, because there's a lot of Islamophobia happening in the world right now. You know, Muslims aren't proud to be who they are, you know, especially with young women, young kids, there's depression and all these things. So we try to give them that little hope that, you know, through their music, they can get a sort of like some hope, some inspiration, no matter how controversial it may seem to some older folks, because maybe some older folks don't understand, are not as fond with hip hop, you know, because hip hop is a very, very aggressive um, genre. And we use hip hop as our main genre because we feel like hip hop is the genre, you know, that can, um, 
that can convey the message very properly. Yeah. Um, you know, so so we remix this we remix popular songs, you know, but we also make originals, but we became popular by remixing, you know, very popular songs that you'll hear on the radio every day, you know, but you know, since young people and young Muslims especially are listening to these songs and maybe some of these songs don't really have the most positive message and maybe they're very actually demoralizing, you know, we we decided to take these songs and, you know, turn them into positive versions so people can still kind of get the same vibe and excitement when they're listening it, except they're actually getting inspired and they have, they're only getting positive vibes from the songs. But, so that's like a brief... Uh, so no, yeah. it's just on, on that point specifically, I think that uh, the uncomfort that a lot of people feel about the music that you guys make surrounds exactly that, where you've got something like... Um, I'm trying to think of the name of it. Uh, uh, Trap Queen, I think it was. Yeah, yeah that's, Trap Queen. So that's that's one of the first tracks of yours that where yeah. I heard that and I was like, okay, the the original track is um, very different from yeah. your version. And I think the, the, the that negative association with with the beat in particular, because um, people have heard the song and they've seen the video, for example, and then all of a sudden you're taking that and on top of that you're putting the name of God, the Prophet, and you're talking about. Medina, whatever it might be, and yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm, you know, did you guys ever feel uncomfortable with that? You know, maybe we did, but our intentions was always, you know, because from the very beginning, like our intention was literally just to, you because know, I remember the reason why we did that song is because we would literally be in a mosque. And I would hear a kid singing Trap Queen, literally in the mosque, like little kids, literally like this wow. is crazy because we Trap Queen wasn't the first remix that we did. You mm. know, we did, did the Friday song. Um, and then even before that, you know, I would do some like freestyle videos and like, you know, and rap over them to popular beats. So so there was definitely a lot of background before like that song came out. So like I would see young Muslims because I'm very I'm very I'm very, um, you know, attached to like local mosque back home and stuff like that i always go to the mosque like during ramadan of course friday prayers and all these things so i would see kids and they would sing trap queen and they would sing these other these other songs that you would hear back in the day you know and i'm just like i really feel like what we what we what we do is needed so that that would be one of the reasons why we would do a song like trap queen no just despite how controversial it may seem but at the end of the day people are going to listen to this song young kids are going to listen to the song so we might as well give them an alternative you know what i mean and yeah. you know, and like you said, like you, you, somebody had a question that is it beyond? Is it? Do you guys have any goals beyond like the act itself? Well, of, of course we do, and then we can get to that later because there's really a really a deep. We, we have a mission like in what we're doing, but it's it's way beyond the music. It's really to like to change our youth and and let our youth know that you know we you have to really be aligned with your faith and have a proper direction. And there's a lot of things that can that can really divert you, you know, and, and the popular music unfortunately today is is one of those things yeah that, that's actually um that's quite interesting but with regards to your personal kind of journey how did you how did you try i mean you know your, your i think your life story could already be a book in terms of just all the different things that you're kind of working on um but i i believe you converted at the age of was it 15 Yes, at 15 I converted, yeah. And, and I mean, 15 years old is, is one of those ages when you're still kind of formulating who you are as a human being and, yeah. and your own identity and your culture and whatever else. To kind of go at that time, and I'm sure you were on a journey at the time as well, but to go, go from 
you know, a, a, a non-Muslim background suddenly to adopt like this whole new set of principles and a culture yeah. and lifestyle. How how was that adjustment? And do you think that then played a part in the kind of work you, the almost crossover work you do, fusing together Western hip hop culture with Islam? Yeah, yes, definitely. Because you know, I converted at the age of fifteen. I was young, and when I was when I was fifteen, I was obviously I was really I was very heavily into hip hop. Like that was literally like my life at this time. Like I was always like rapping, listening to like my favorite rappers. I'm freestyling with all my friends in high school, and I'm 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 recording regular music that doesn't like you know with obviously like a bad message and stuff like that. So I was really into that, and um, you know I became Muslim, and a lot of people actually don't know this. Only like day one fans kind of know my story, and I think inshallah, <laughs> I think I think. Very soon in the future, I'll, I'll probably do like a song or like something that will like give my full story. But like, you know, I was actually in a relationship when I was when I was fifteen. Like I was very young at the time, and I was in a relationship with a, with a Muslim girl at the time. You know, and um, she kind of gave me da'wah and stuff like that. You know how like you, you know how like a Muslim girl cannot marry like a a, Mus- a non-Muslim male. Yeah. So like. She was kind of saying, "Oh, I, I couldn't, I couldn't like marry you in the future." I'm like, "Why?" You know, because she's like, "Oh, because you're not part of my religion and stuff like that." And I'm like, "Okay, what? Tell me about your religion. Like, oh, you're Muslim, right?" She's like, "Yeah, I'm Muslim." And like, this was like a phone conversation on a Friday night. Upon us, like over nine years ago now, you know, or eight years ago, and like we're just talking on the phone for like seven hours on the phone straight, and she's just telling me about everything about Islam that she knows because she was she's a 14 year old person. I'm 15, so. She's not telling me much, you know what I mean? She's saying what she knows at her age, you know what I mean? And, like, but after that, you know, she she gave me a Quran. And I also had, like, Somali friends and a few Arab friends, not that much, just a little bit. And, you know, so I was familiar with just a few things about the religion. But I was always into religion, like, growing up. There was just something about me, like, I was always into religion. Like, I was born, I was, I was raised in a Catholic school, you know, so I was Christian. My family's Christian. We used to go to church and stuff like that. So I was always trying to figure out what is the path for me like i was always asking these questions right and there i even came to a point where i left religion entirely because you know i I went through a lot of things growing up as a child you know and that made me say things or ask questions like you know why is god doing this to me why is it happening to me and you know i remember something tragic happened in my childhood and like somebody would actually like tell me in my face i think god hates you you know what i mean so these these things would like really affect me and stuff like that growing up Hmm. but I always had like this this seeking to like just find like this relationship with God and so long story short when I was reading the Quran in high school and this is a Catholic school so there's no Muslim in the school other than you know the, the girl that I knew or maybe one other person in the school so there's like hundreds of people who are Christians and now all of a sudden I'm just I'm one of the most popular guys in school at the time because I was the guy who was rapping and freestyling all that stuff all of a sudden, I'm like reading the Quran and like I'm getting made fun of from my friends. I'm getting made fun of from my teachers, even you know. So I felt really isolated in that sense, but that that didn't hold me back. And you know, another interesting thing is that my favorite rapper at the time uh, was Lupe Fiasco, right? I don't know if you know Lupe Fiasco. Yeah, he's he's Muslim, so he made a song called he made a song called Muhammad Walks. That's a remix to Kanye West's um, Jesus Walks. So when I heard that song. Right, and I knew that Lupe was my favorite rapper at that time. When I heard that song by Lupe, it was like, "Yo, this is very cool." Like, "Yo, he's Muslim and he's like rapping about his religion and stuff like that." So it actually inspired me to actually feel a little more comfortable to like do further research and stuff like that. 
you know so inshallah i hope one day i can meet i can meet brother lupe and i can thank him for that because i don't think i don't even think he knows that much you know that's why i i haven't really said my story that much but you know so i would do a lot of research into religions and stuff like that like i i read like a lot of the bible like comparing it and stuff like that like the new testament so i started asking questions about you know my faith at the time you know and i started comparing it to the islamic principles and stuff like that and I just felt like the concept of Tawheed, of, you know, monotheism and believing in one God, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent prophets, you know, and the message is just to believe in one God and believe in a, here, in a hereafter, you know, and it's, and it's just very simple. Like if you tell a, if you tell a, if you tell a five-year-old this message, they'll actually, they'll be able to comprehend it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But then I was, you know, doing research and stuff like that, maybe about like, the Christian creeds, for example, such as the Trinity and stuff like that, where, you know, you don't really find this concept on scripture. Like, you don't find it written on scripture, like this concept of Trinity. Um, even, like, the concept of being a son of God isn't as clear. Well, from my research and stuff like that, like, Jesus in, in the Bible is saying, you know, um, the Father is greater than I. The Father is greater than all. Then you would, then you would see verses where Jesus is saying... Um, you know, he's praying, like he's literally praying, like this is in the book of Matthew where Jesus is praying on the floor, he's prostrating, right? So, you know, if he was God, like who was he prostrating? So like these are a lot of questions that I was asking, like that, which eventually just made me feel comfortable with Islam, um, like the faith as a religion. Like I really, I really accepted the faith, like just the beliefs, right? Um, but I converted to Islam at 15, but even obviously as a 15 year old, I'm young, I still have, I still, I had my friends and stuff like that. I wasn't actually like firm right away on the religion. I was only like kind of firm on the beliefs. It took me like quite a bit just to get, you know, firm on like the practicing and stuff like that. Um, but alhamdulillah, I am a fast learner. Like I learned how to pray like in, in two weeks. Like I used to like watch YouTube videos and I used to follow the YouTube videos and learn how to pray and remember learning the Fatiha and stuff like that. Yeah, alhamdulillah, yeah. I learned quick. But uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's been quite a journey, man. It's, it's, Eight years now, like alhamdulillah, it's 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 crazy. It's... You, you've just you've just taken me back in my own head. When when I was growing up, my, uh, we used to have a cassette, um, you know, the audio cassettes, and and yeah. it was like someone praying, and my mum yeah. would play that, and then I would have to like stand there and pray along with him. And obviously, that way, I'm learning the words and whatever. But I yeah. guess what she doesn't know, and I hope she doesn't hear this, is that every now and then I used to just kind of forward the tape to the end. And be like, I'm done. <laughs> so, but, but no, but it's, it's interesting because obviously you probably uh, were learning to pray in the same way, but years yeah. later, because I, I was like a kid back then. Um, yeah. But very similar. It's just we didn't have YouTube back in the day. So it was just this one like dusty cassette that we used to have. Um, yeah. and, and that guy was the guy I used to pray with every single day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Um, and, and uh, I mean, you know, after, after converting, how, how long after did you then start producing music and, and when did Dean Squad come about? Okay. So, um, yeah, so I became Muslim at 15 and, um, so there's actually an interesting thing like, and this is, this is kind of interesting with a lot of converts is that when you convert to the religion, like there's just some sort of, um, like a high that you get, like there's this zeal that you have in your heart yeah. Where you want to learn everything about the religion. Like, everything is just brand new to you. Like, you're you're ready to just accept everything. And it's kind of, it's kind of a dangerous thing at the same time. It's, it's good and bad, right? So, like, there actually was a point where I actually stopped music. I actually quit music. Like, I, I was like, oh, music is haram. This, I, was actually that, I was actually that guy for, like, a year and a half. 
I remember because I was so in love with like everything. I want to learn this. I want to learn that. Like I want to work the whole to school and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So everything was like whoa, you know. But I kind of like, alhamdulillah, like I had I had friends who were actually converts themselves. Like I when I converted in the Ram, like it was during Ramadan where I met like a lot of friends that I have till this day, and they're like converts and stuff like that. You know, so we actually all supported each other, and like you know, I just felt more comfortable around them and like you know i didn't want to let go of like my values as someone who's living in the west and stuff like that so i kind of eased down a little bit so like long story short i actually started doing music again but the music was actually positive so i'm like 17 at this point right but the music was it was it wasn't islamic or anything but it was positive I'm like i'm gonna try to do music and i'm gonna make it positive you know so i was doing that and stuff like that it did okay you know nothing nothing was successful yet you know but a lot of people don't actually know this either, is that the idea of me actually doing like an Islamic rap, like whatever you want to call it, like Muslim rap or whatever. I got this idea from, I had, a, I had a conversation with a very old friend I had at the time. And this person was not Muslim. This person was white. This person drinks every night, right? This but he would drink every single night. He would do drugs every night. He would go to parties. He would go to clubs. He would go to strip clubs. He would do everything bad, you name it. But he was just like, he was like a neighbor that I knew from like down the street. And I would just see him every now and then. I would say what's up to him or something like that. And he's just like, he's like, yo, I, I see that you're very like passionate about like your religion. Like you're always like praying and stuff like that. You're going to the mosque and like you're a pretty dope rapper. You know, he's like, he's like, you know, like, why, why don't you like, you know, like, why don't you like do some like, for your community, man. Like, why, why don't you, like, rap about Islam or something like that? And I'm like, that's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So I actually, I actually took his advice. I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to try to do, I'm going to try to do, like, some, some Islamic stuff and stuff like that. And maybe I'll see how it works. And, you know, so what I actually started off doing, and this is still before Dean Squad, like, I would basically... Uh, I would do like freestyle videos, like with beatboxing. Like I had a friend who was a good beatboxer at the time, yeah. and like he would box, and I would do rap. I would rap over it, and I would put it on like my personal Facebook. And sometimes it would get like a couple thousand views, like five thousand views or something like that. You know, and we kept doing that for a while. And then um, I don't know if you remember, Awakening Records had like a contest like five years ago about a talent contest, which is the contest that Harris J won, right? So we actually were like a finalist in that contest. No me and my friend, Yeah, yeah, me and my friends who were who, who were beatboxing at the time, like we were actually a finalist. We made it to like the top 16. So we did that. So like I got some sort of like a name from that, like a little bit of a name, not too much, but a little bit, you know. But then one day I decided, um, you know, one day I'm going to like just start doing like uh, freestyles over like popular beats like that's that this was this is in 2014 or like late 2014 before dean squad still so i would do i would pick up the i would pick up a phone and um you know i still i do these freestyles and then they would start going viral on facebook you know what i mean this is the beginning of like jay dean like um and this is i'm i'm like i'm 19 i'm this is when i'm 19 by the way yeah I was about 19. So like what i was saying was like 4 years, 3 years and stuff like that. So i was around 19 when 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 Jay Dean was starting to do like this Islamic thing where he's rapping over beats and stuff like that and then um and then like a few months after that i met Carter 
Uh, he came to university, like he took time off and then he had to come back to school because his parents forced him to go back to school. He came back to school. We were in the same class. Um, and this was like an English Bollywood class. It was such a weird class. Hang on, hang on, hang on. English Bollywood. Yeah. It was the English Bollywood class where we would watch the Bollywood movie and we have to write like a report on it. Wow. Those things exist? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was... It was the easiest class probably in history, <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, we did that. And then we would start doing freestyle videos together. And, you know, then those will go viral on Facebook and stuff like that. And then that's when we started actually going to the studio together. And then we would do the songs that you that you were talking about, like Friday or Trap Queen and all these things. And then, yeah, so that was like, that's like a weird journey that I was just... And how, uh, as in, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you now? I'm 24. You're 24. So we're talking about yeah. five, six years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it's been about four years. I'd say a good four years since me and we've been like doing this whole, this idea of Dean Squad and stuff like that. And um, someone actually, because I, I posted out on Facebook asking, you know, if anyone had any questions for you. One of the questions that came in was asking about how you balance genuineness of faith with the image of faith. Because okay. you're obviously in a space where you're you're constantly... Uh, you're kind of like a, a Muslim influencer and, and sure. the Muslim part of your identity is at the forefront because of the work that you do. Um, yes. So, you know, in you have sincerity there and obviously, you know, we're going to talk about the Quran project that you've done and whatever else. It's all like your own personal journey. But yeah. um, I guess in a role where the image and the perception of of you and everything that you do is really crucial how do you balance like actual kind of religiosity and sincerity with the optics of what people need to see from jd and carter and dean squad yeah yeah well i think um it's a very 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 good question man. I, it's, I really the thing is it's the best it. question i've got here and it's one i didn't write myself that's why you know it's good <laughs> <laughs> whoever wrote that question that's a very cool question i think every muslim influencer should actually like answer this question now because that will create a lot of conversation but um yeah, like, in terms of, like, my personal life and my public life, to be honest, like, like everybody who follows me, for example, knows about my journey before it, like, went viral, for example. Like, it went viral when I, like, when I had the cake and I made the cake picture and that went viral, but thousands of people prior to that knew I was doing that. And, like, that was all I, I was literally doing that 24-7, right? So... We're very, very personal with our fans. You know what I mean? So literally all we do, like literally all I do with our lives, like because this is full time what we're doing. We're either in the studio recording. We're either writing. It's either me, Carter and Sammy. We're meeting, you know, and about our, our plans, our future goals. Then we're or we either go to the mosque or I'm studying Arabic and stuff like that. So like for what we're doing we, we we make a lot of sacrifices like we and that's that's something that a lot of people don't know we actually make a lot of sacrifices to actually do what we're doing we actually sometimes i even sometimes i even believe like do i even have a personal life at this point i don't mm. sometimes i think i don't have a personal life because it's literally all i'm doing like it's literally all i doing. i'd say when i really have a personal life is like inshallah when i get married you know i'm not married yet when I get married, I have kids, I have this, I go on this, you know what I mean? Because even when we go on vac, even when we go perform like at another country, like it's not a vacation. We're yeah, going yeah. for work. We're going, we're going to perform for like a, for a community. And, you know, 
maybe we'll go for like we'll we'll go out, we'll have we'll go to a restaurant, we'll go, we'll chill. But that's pretty much all it comes to. Like there there isn't really much anything that I do other than this work. But like, but like this so, sorry, so it's, for example, with the with the Quran project that you mentioned, um, and, and yeah. we will we will get to talking about the meat of that. But if you're sharing your journey with with thousands of people, how yeah. how do you then not maintain your ikhlas? But like, are you doing it for them? Is it like, oh, I can't not do it today because otherwise everyone's gonna know I've flopped? Like, oh yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, like, so I I've actually, I've learned like you know Islamically like let's say you want to show something you know in the public and stuff. If the intention is to inspire people to like, you know, just to get some renewal of faith and stuff like that, then that's fine, you know. And and only Allah is the witness to whatever my intention is, right? Yeah. But there's definitely things that I experience that I don't share to the public. I and I don't want to share them to the public. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, for example, I'll tell you I'll tell the public, for example, hey guys, like my goal right now is to memorize Juz Amma from the Quran, the last Juz of the Quran. I'm going to try to memorize it, you know? So I'm telling you that because I want to inspire you. I want to give you some hope. I'm letting you know, if I can do it, then you can do it. But I'm not going to tell you, guys, you know, I cried in this ayah. I, I cried or, you know, I prayed to Allah at, at 2 a.m. this morning and, oh, I prayed to Qiyam. I don't, I'm not going to tell you my, my, my connection with God. I can't, I don't want to brag about my connection. I never will tell you about my connection. You can assume all you want about mm. me. Yes, I'm a I'm a I'm Jay Dean. I'm part of Dean Squad. Dean Squad makes music. If you think if you think because I'm learning the Quran because I want to get more famous, I want to do this. That's up to you to believe. I'm just doing what I'm doing. But I know my relationship with Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. I'm not gonna be so explicit about my relationship. You know what I mean? I'm not gonna tell you when I cry to Allah. I'm not gonna tell you that I prayed for you. I'm not gonna tell you that I gave you know this much charity, you know, or whatever, etc. There's certain things that definitely that I need to keep to myself that nobody should know except me and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You, you know what I mean? Like, and it's, 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 it's very important to, to actually understand this balance because, you know, people, and this is actually very unfortunate with a lot of Muslim entertainers or Muslim influencers, whatever you want to call it, you know, there's this battle. There's this battle that, that a lot of us are facing yeah. that they feel they have to they have to portray the certain image they have to like look the most religious or they have to do this they have to do that they have to they have to brag you know what i mean and and it really it you put too much weight on yourself then you end up just falling you mm. know what i mean because people aren't real people aren't real with themselves you know what i mean so but for me i i, I show people guys i'm studying all the time and this like that because I really, alhamdulillah, like I really am. Like I'm just always studying. I just want to learn the deen, and I have no problem letting you know that I'm trying to learn my deen. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna be like, oh, like I ha I did this the other day, or like I, I. You kind of, you kind of get what I mean. Like, no, I get it. Kinda... It's just I think the the balance that we need to draw is is when it comes to. Um, but I'll let... Sorry, go on. You know, sorry. I'm not afraid to say I make mistakes every day. I make mistakes. Why should I? Why should I be afraid to say that I make mistakes? Why? Of course I make mistakes. Allah, Allah says in the Quran countless times. When I was reading the Quran, the one thing that blew me away the most is when Allah repetitively, like I think over two hundred times, Allah says, "In Allah, Ghafurun Rahim." Indeed, Allah is the most forgiving, the most merciful. In Allah, Jamia. Allah forgives all sins. So I'm not afraid to sin. I'm not, because. If I sin, 
Then I turned to Al Ghafur. I told, I turned to Al Rahim, the most gracious, the most forgiving, the most merciful, the most forgiving. He Al Wahab, the bestower, the wadud, the loving. You know what I mean? I I know I know Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will forgive me for my sins, and that's that's one thing that Muslim influencers need to tell to their followers is that yes, I make mistakes, and you make mistakes. You can see me a certain way, no problem. But if I make a mistake, that shouldn't that shouldn't let you believe that like oh like. I have bad intentions, or like I'm letting people down. We all we all make mistakes, so we just have to be real with ourselves, and we have to be real with our audience, you know. And I, I'm the, I, tr- we try our best to be as real as possible with our fans. And like, for example, like with Dean Squad, like I'm not the same character. I'm not the same person as Carter. Carter's not the same person as me. Yeah. You know, our sound. We're like all. Do we're all do different. people? Um, uh, j- just one quick observation. I think. Uh, firstly, I, I think you're spot on, and and one of the issues I feel is that today we live in this era of of oversharing. Like you know, now people have more access than ever to all of our lives, be it just yeah. through Facebook posts, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, live Q and A's, whatever you might be doing. There's so much, and and I think maintaining an authenticity and even understanding within yourself who you are and 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 the fact that whether you like it or not you're putting out a perception of yourself into the public and that probably doesn't align with who you are as an individual but it's important and and even if you're doing that especially in the work that you guys do you have a public face right and and you put you put one foot forward but i think having that self-awareness and knowing who you really are and especially as you said when it comes to between you and god that's fundamentally important and people i feel that the issue is that with a lot of influencers they get lost in in the hysteria and hype of who people tell them they are online. Yeah. And they think that's what defines and makes them. Yes. But, but, but that, that's not who they are because th- there isn't not. that element of introspection and, and time spent on that. So um, yeah, I really I really enjoyed your, your brief monologue here. <laughs> Basically, I, I, do, I do believe that we do, in a sense, we do have a responsibility, especially if you're going to base the foundation of like your public identity as some as somebody like in the muslim realm like if you're preaching like if you're like conveying some sort of message or something i do believe that there is some sort of a responsibility like like i said we're always going to make mistakes like we're always going to do sins so i should be honest with my fans but like hey guys i i do make mistakes like if anybody asks me if i make mistakes i'll tell you yes i do make mistakes right yeah but I should not, like, in any way, shape, or form, I shouldn't make people feel like this is okay to do. I, if I do something, if something public, if I do something wrong publicly, I will have to be like, guys, what I did is wrong. And I'm asking you guys, you know, to know that I make mistakes and to forgive me. But because, you know, like, for example, how can I make a song, you know, telling people to you know um drink alcohol or smoke i can't do that as a muslim i can't like i can't do that like i was given a platform you know and i will be held accountable you know for anybody who who does anything bad that i do you know so but same thing if i do something good and i inspire somebody to do something good allah is going to reward me for that you know what i mean so i have to be i have to be wary of this you know what i mean so i do feel like so for example the You know, I'm not a role. I'm not a role model. I'm doing what I please and stuff like that. But but you do have a lot of Muslim youth following you. So have just have 
some sort of wariness about about who you are and who's following you. Just have a little bit of courtesy about who's following you. Don't act freely all, and thinking that you can do whatever you want. You don't because you have a responsibility. I think. If you have a kid, you're gonna feel the same way. Like let's say you have a child and they follow a certain figure. If this figure is doing something and inspiring your kid to do something that's very bad that you don't like, of yeah. course you're gonna have a problem with that. You can't be like, oh yeah, he's you know he oh he's he's doing he's a human being and stuff like that. Yes, he's a human being, but he knows he knows who's, who's and listening to him. Actually, that that also raises an interesting point. So obviously, uh, you know, you would be perceived by young Muslims as a role model. Um, yeah. Th- does that impact and influence the way that you behave then in public? Well, like, yeah, for, for example, like, I won't, like, I'm not afraid to say, like, for example, if I will sometimes, like, let's say if something bad happens to me, if I get angry, like, maybe a cer- certain words will come out of my mouth, but I would I would make an effort, for example, to not ever do something like that as, a, as like, while I'm performing on stage. Like, I would never do something like that. that these are things I think about. Like, I will never swear on stage. I'll never you know disrespect women or anything like that you know what i mean i won't do that you know what i mean but any mistake that i do you know if i were to do it again it's between me and allah because i'm being i have we have to be real here we all make mistakes as as muslims but i'd say yeah definitely there's it's like if you're if you're seeing if you're going to a business meeting or you're you're going to see a very respected scholar like or like anybody who's who you revere like you're obviously going to be you're obviously going to have like a certain mindset and be like i'm going to be as respectful as possible in certain environments that i'm in and if that, if that kind of makes sense yeah, yeah no of course and, and we've 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 skirted around the, the issue of your of your quran project and we've we've mentioned it in passing and you've obviously referenced it um i think let's I, i'm i'm really keen to find out more about this specifically so yes. um as i understand it, and you can correct me if i'm wrong you spent the last six months or so um, yeah. Basically, translate or writing out the entire Quran in Arabic, um, yeah. and translating it word by word. Yes, that's exactly what I did. So basically, in the this whole journey actually started in January, and the Quran, like the the, the main goal was just to complete the Quran, started during Ramadan. So in the beginning of this year, you know. Um, as you know, like, because you know it's winter time right now and stuff like that. So in the beginning of this year, it was winter time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in January, it's the coldest time of the year and stuff like that. There's not really much I can do, you know. And as a Muslim convert and stuff like that, I'm very passionate about my religion and stuff like that. And I know that as a Muslim, I can't, I can't, I can't fully experience my religion until I connect with 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 this. With, with the Quran, which which is Allah's words, which is the word of God verbatim, right? Yeah. So I can't do that with the English language. I can't. I have to read it in the original language. So I always told myself, one day I'm going to do it in my life. Like, I have to do this. One day I'm going to learn the Quran and stuff like that. One day I'm going to learn the Arabic language. So, you know, and just like, I wanted to learn the religion. I wanted to learn for myself. You know what I mean? Because... A lot of people, a lot of Muslims, like, they kind of depend on, like, a scholar or they depend on, like, you know, certain teachers and stuff like that. For me personally, I just, like, I like trying to learn a lot of things, like, on my own. Like, you know what I mean? So I picked up a book. I just, you know, I was researching online. I'm like, yeah, let me find a book, man. Let me just, let me see if I can, like, you know, just read through the Quran. Like, let me see if I can just learn the basics of the Quran or, like, I mean, of the Arabic language. 
so that's that's basically what I did. I just I found this book. It was called um, A New Arabic Grammar of the Written Language, and this is a book from the 1960s. And um, you know, it's it's one of the best books that I found. So I literally just started reading it, and I would actually write down the book as well, like the textbook. I would basically write out like the key points of every chapter, and every chapter had like some sort of exercise. So you would have to you would have to basically um, there's an Arabic sentence, and then I would have to translate an Arabic sentence into English. And then it will give me an English sentence. Then I have to translate that English sentence into Arabic. So there was that every every chapter that I did, I would get a lot of I would get a lot of practice. So it starts off very very basic, and mm-hmm. I would I would study this I would study the whole grammar like literally I like I I swear like like every day for at least three months to four months, I was at a Starbucks, I was at a at a coffee shop. I was studying Arabic grammar for four to eight hours a day, like minimum four, maximum eight. Like there was nothing else. There was nothing else I was doing, my brother. I was doing everything I can to learn. The only time I I took a break was when I had to travel, you know, when we had to travel for like a performance or anything like that, Uh, when I was in the studio recording or anything like that. But every day I would wake up for Fajr, I would wake up at 6 a.m. And then what I would do is at 6 a.m. I go to the Starbucks because it opens at 6 a.m. So I literally be at Starbucks by 7 a.m. max. And I'm literally at Starbucks from like 7 a.m. to like 6 p.m. Like literally, I, I have even days where it was 12 hours. Like I remember these days clearly. And I'm writing, I'm studying. And my like there even there actually came to a point where my my hand, I couldn't write anymore because my hand was like so sore from all the writing. You know what I mean? Because what you have to learn in Arabic is you have to learn, you know, basic, uh, you have to learn basic vocabulary. You have to know, you know, uh, individual words in their cases. You have to know verbs from the present tense, the past tense. Um, there's there's so many terminologies that I, if I say them, like, it'll just, it'll be too confusing for the listener. But <laughs> there's just so many grammar functions that you have to learn. Yeah. And like, if you want to, if you want to grasp the Arabic language, you have to study at least for like I'd say 150 hours minimum. So, like if so, you want to have a sorry. So so before actually undertaking the translation, how much yeah. time did you put in, or how much time did you need to put in? I'd so I'd say like how do I honestly I don't even know. Like I put like at least like four like 300 hours or oh my 400 god. Hours before i'm not i'm not kidding bro like, i was I hoping really, i was hoping you were going to be like yeah five hours and you can just start translating so fatiha like it's done no, <laughs> you, you, <laughs> the, well the thing is like like learning how to read arabic is easy like you can learn how to read arabic in a week in two weeks, yeah yeah you're right but learning the grammar and how the language functions that takes a lot of time like anybody can read the quran but for example if i say um don't test my arabic please no, I'm not. I'm not gonna test. Like, but like, for example, uh, uh, in the in Surah Al-Baqarah, the beginning, it's like Bismillah ar rahim Like, ذلك الكتاب لا ريب في هدى للمتقين الذين يؤمنون بالغيب ويقيمون Like, like basically, like I know, like I'll know all of the roots of these words. Like, ذلك الكتاب. Like. It's it's so weird because like the entire Arabic grammar is basically on it, it's based on like the last letter of each word. 
So, for example, if I say, sometimes you'll hear mu'minun, uh, right? Yeah. But then sometimes you'll hear mu'minin. It's the same word. It both it means believers, right? But why is it mu'minun? And why is it mu'minin? And this, and literally the next line after that. Uh, why is it muhammadun um, or muhammadin or muhammadan? Or why is it... Uh, you know, just stuff like that. So, like, you have to know, like, the like the subject of the sentence. You have to know what's being affected by certain particles. Um, you have to know, like, the root of the verb. So, if I say, "Alladina uh, I know yu'minu comes from the verb amana, which is to believe. So, amana is the is the past tense. Yu'minu is the present tense. Yu'minuna is is they believe like it's, it's for plurals and stuff like that so if you don't study the grammar and you read and you try to read the quran you try to translate you'll you'll be too confused because you just don't know how that language functions uh, so i had to do sorry and you 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 literally learn all of this on your own with books yeah like literally that's <laughs> on, honestly unbelievable because you sound you sound like an arabic grammar teacher right now <laughs> um, no, honestly, um, this is unbelievable. Like it's, it's in, like so inspiring. Um, you've put me off a little bit as well because I didn't yeah, think. Right? And that's, I didn't want to get too deep. Like it's, it's, so, it's so confusing. Like, like why are certain words like sounding this way, but they sound different in the next line, or like you know, it's it's very. And how confusing. does? Okay, so then coming coming to the actual, you know, the, the, now the meat of the translation. When you were doing undertaking this project, you've got now significant amounts of, of grammar, I guess, practice and understanding and understanding the root words um, in the Arabic language and everything else. How yeah. did how did that then come into play in, in terms of this project? Because I, I assume you had read the Quran before, potentially in Arabic, if not in English, like you you've you know the stories, so to speak. But then, well, honestly, I've. I've read the Quran, like, I, I read the whole Quran, like, the last time I read the whole Quran was literally, like, the first year of being Muslim. Like, I just read the whole Quran, like, out of, like, just out curiosity. But honestly, when I read it in Arabic, like, yeah. I, honestly, like, I forgot a lot of things. Like, obviously, if you don't read something for many years, you're going to forget most of the things you learn. But, like, obviously, like, I'll, I'll know the story of, like... Um, you know Musa and and Pharaoh and like you know I know make I know I know the Quran is gonna talk about uh, Yusuf and his brothers yeah Ibrahim uh, breaking the idols like I know these stories but to know that like to go through the details in the actual Arabic like it's as if I never read the book ever I was like because I was just so like I was so mind blown and the thing with what I ha- like this first read that I did of the Quran. I was basically reading it in the lens of a grammar nerd. Like, I was a grammar nerd reading it. So, <laughs> I was just focusing on, like, functions of, like, words and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? But, so, now I feel like whenever I read the Quran now, I'm, I'm going to actually, like, start appreciating it. I actually don't think I appreciate the, the Quran as much as I, I will when I read it, like, the second time I read it. Like, you know what I mean? So, I was, yeah. so right now, I'm, I'm in, like, a reviewing phase. You know what I mean? So, like, I read Surah Al-Baqarah recently again. Like, I read Surah Al-Ali Imran, the, the third chapter. So, these are both very long chapters. And I'm just going through my notes and stuff. I'm like, oh, man, like, it's so beautiful, man, because I'm not focusing on the grammar anymore. I'm just I'm just enjoying it. Appreciating now, you know I mean? it for what it is. Appreciating it, you know what I mean? But so, w- w- did, w- did you manage to, I'm, I'm sure you did manage to appreciate something 
along oh, the journey. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. But because it it comes to a certain point, like Alhamdulillah, like I don't I don't want to sound like I'm bragging, but it it gets to a certain point where it's kind of second nature. So like I'm just writing the verse, like I'm writing it, writing it, writing it. And then I just write every word. I just translate every word above it. And I kind of like, sometimes I just move on. You know what I mean? Like I'm going. <laughs> so I, I, I speed it a little bit. In some parts, I speed it. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, there's there's definitely, I definitely feel like now when I read it, I can definitely appreciate it. I can reflect upon it and stuff like that. Um, because I was rushing sometimes because like I was just like so like excited. I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. I'm like, now it's like, it's not as hard anymore. Like, because I studied the grammar for all these months and hours, like so I'm going through it. So I was very like, there was like some zeal. I just couldn't, I couldn't help it. Like I, I was actually like addicted to what I was doing. Like you can ask you, like sometimes I would be at Carter's house, I would be at Sammy's house, and even at their house I would wake up because sometimes we sleep over at each other's houses and stuff like that. So I would wake up like at 6 a.m. You know, and I'm and I'm just studying, and they're waking up, and they're seeing me up early, and I'm just studying. Like any chance I got, I literally just took my laptop, and I got my notes, and I would just I would study because I had a dictionary on my laptop. Yeah. And I and I, that's how I I would get the vocabulary down and stuff like that. So it literally was an addiction, man. Like it was it's a it was beautiful. Like I can't describe it. Like and these are the things that I don't I don't really tell the fans. Like people just know that I'm I'm reading the Quran, but people don't know the like the the amount of times I was like, wow, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. it was said in this way. Like, like can you, example, can you share, yeah, can you share some examples of things that you've kind of seen and just things that have struck you from the experience? Okay, so I'll, I'll tell you this one because I was actually thinking about, because I knew I, like, a question like this was going to happen. Like, um, there is, there's Surah to Yusuf, right? So Surah to Yusuf is the only uh, chapter in the Quran with like the whole entire chapter is, is basically a story. Like from beginning to end, no no other surah in the Quran has that. And um, one one part that really intrigued me was when um, was when Yusuf alayhi salam was was he was after, after he was uh, thrown in the well from his brothers. Uh, then the people found him. Then he was brought to the king. And then the king's wife um, actually was very attracted to him. Right. Yeah. So. Literally, I'll just try to. I'll just read it in Arabic. Uh, sorry, if hopefully the, it will sound good. But basically, uh, it's in the verse, verse, verse twenty-three. Yeah, this is verse twenty-three. So basically, it says It says, So basically, She tried to seduce him. So the one who was in her house, So. The the fair the the king's wife is trying to seduce Yusuf from himself, right? And she closed the doors. She said, "Come, come." He said, "He said, Kala Allah Rabbi So basically, he's saying, um, "God forbid, innahu verily he is my lord." Ahsana mathwaya that my place. He, my place is with him. Innahu la yuflihu Indeed, the, the wrongdoers don't don't succeed. But this is this was what really triggered me, right? So it says now, bihi wa biha. Right. So it literally says, certainly, and this is the cool thing about Arabic. It says, bihi. She desired him, right? So hamma in Arabic means to desire something. 
to intent for something and to make it your entire goal. Like Hamma, like he entire he he she intended to 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 to, to pursue him. Then it says Wahamma biha. So and Yusuf himself actually desired huh. he desired the, the 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 king's wife, right? Yeah. So Yusuf himself, this is a prophet, and he's he's being tempted right now with a woman, right? It's not saying that only she was attempt that she was interested and wanted to pursue him. Allah is actually saying that Yusuf himself actually wanted to pursue her. Wahamma biha, he wanted to pursue her, but he says, "Lola an ra'a burhana rabbihi." So basically saying that, but no, only if he didn't see the proof of his Lord. So the only thing that prevented Yusuf salam from not pursuing the girl, uh, the king's wife. Is the fact that he he knew the proofs of God. He knew that this was a wrong thing, but he's a human being. Like this is a prophet who's a human being. He has temptation. So I remember when I read that verse, I literally was like on pause for like thirty minutes. I was just like, I can't believe how real this is and how relatable this is to youth. So for example, like if a youth was to read this part of the story, they'll know that as a human being, we do have maybe sexual temptations, sexual desires, and that's okay. That's okay. But you have to learn how to control it. You have to be like Yusuf alayhi salam to know that it's not the right, necessarily the right thing to do. But, but so these are conversations that we can have with youth. We it shouldn't be so taboo to know that your son, you know, maybe likes a girl or that a girl likes a guy or whatever like that. You know, we shouldn't be fake with these with these conversations. We're human beings. Let's talk about these things. Yusuf alayhi salam, he had desires to pursue to pursue uh, the king's wife, but he didn't. He chose not to. You kind of get what I'm saying, like. It just shows that, like, that Yusuf alayhi salam, or like these prophets that Allah is is describing in the Quran, like it's not just like, oh, these were prophets from like yeah. two thousand years ago, and they were good people, and they were like angelic. No, these were real human beings that Allah subhanahu wa taala put on this earth, and that we can take examples from them. You right? know, there's there's also that 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 passage that really strikes me um, when when Allah is talking to Prophet Muhammad. And he's kind of reassuring him. And it's about six or seven verses. I can't remember where it is in the Quran. But um, it's when people are calling him a soothsayer and a magician and whatever else. And, yeah. and Allah basically says, like, I've got your back, to paraphrase, obviously. Um, yes. And he's reassuring him, like, multiple verses. And it kind of really brings out the human in, in, in even the Prophet, who we see yes. as this kind of like impenetrable fortress of just morality and and everything that's good and and you know whatever but we realize that these were human beings that went through human emotions um and and, and it, it's actually it's, it's quite um uh <laughs> coincidental that you mentioned this particular verse i was i was at the mosque um last week um on thursday and there was a lecture about surah yusuf and and this particular verse was was being referenced um, wow. in, a, in a very similar frame, I'll, send, I'll actually send it to you afterwards. You can check it out. Yes. But um, when it, it, I love, I love uh, when we get into like the tafsir side of things, and whenever I hear, because I studied um, literature based, a literature based course at university. So whenever stuff comes up, and we're looking at kind of grammar and the syntax and the phrasing of things and how it's said in this way and not that way, and what that means. If, if we can add layers like that to kind of, you know, human writers, then when God is, is putting something down and, and has revealed a book to us, you can only imagine that every little nuance has so much weight. 
Yes. Um, and that's the beauty of it. And and whenever and like honestly, the way that, the way that you put it as well, it's it's that's what's important that we can relate it to our own lives and also like wider looking at at society and how we can still relate to this book. This is a story from from you know that's been there for thousands of years, hundreds of years. Yes. And yet still. There's so many layers where, as you said, when you're looking at the practical level, when there's that um, attraction there and, and, you know, you have to lower your gaze, you can kind of realize it's not that this is your own struggle and no one else has been through this. This is in the Quran. Prophets went through this. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. And it's, yeah, it, it's, it's crazy. And like, I think another, um, another surah that really, really, really struck my eye was... Um, was Surah Al-Hujarat. It's it's basically a surah that it talks about like how the believers how the believers deal with each other. So like you literally have verses like you know I, I can't say the Arabic from the top of my head, but it's basically there's there's basically verses where it's like you know don't don't if don't allow two two groups of the believers to fight each other, and when they fight each other, make peace between them. Right? Mm-hmm. Like make make peace between them both. You know what I mean? Or, you know, um, um, We created you from male and female. Uh, like, we created you from different tribes and nations so you can get to know one another. Um, you know, So, the most honorable of you are those who are, are the most pious. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and I'm just thinking, like, how how is our community like the most racist community when we have clear we have clear verbatim verses in the Quran to not literally be racist literally literally not be racist like it's literally in the Quran you know what I mean and the reason why uh, Shaytan Iblis was kicked out of was kicked out of um, was kicked out of Jannah he's like he said Ana minhum right. You know, خَلَقْتَهُ مِنْ مِنْ وَخَلَقْتَنِي Like, you created him from clay, you uh, from clay you created me from fire. That means I'm better than him. Like, that that in a sense is arrogance, but that in a sense is racism as well. To think that you're naturally better than someone yeah. just based on the way you look or the way that you're, you're colored skin. Actually, uh, because in the Quran, like, multiple stories are are very are reiterated many times so the same story with with um with uh with iblis and allah when allah's talking to iblis like why didn't you why didn't you prostrate to adam like there's even a verse in the quran i can't remember what it was but he actually said that you created me from like you created um adam from like it said like black smoke it literally it was literally like you created him from a dark clay you kind of get what I mean? So, like, he's even describing the color of the clay to, to think that he's inherently better just because of the way he was created. So, like, this is, in a sense, racism and stuff like that. Like, these are the things that you can take. And I'm just thinking, like, are, like, are Muslims really reading the Quran? Like, do, do we really know this book? Like, the answer is no. We're not reading the Quran. <laughs> but right? it's very simply. You know, even, even um, there's, another, there's another surah that kind of triggered me. It was called Surah uh, Surah Al Mujadila. Basically, means that the one who dis- the one sh- the, uh, the like the woman who disputes, and the beginning of the surah, it literally says in the surah like basically saying like, because the of the Prophet Sallallahu he met a woman and the woman was complaining to the Prophet Sallallahu because the uh, a man basically divorced her and he did what's called as uh, I think it was called Yudah um, like was it called Vihar? It was called Vihar. Basically, vihar is a old practice that happened in the Jahiliya times 
where a man would call a woman basically saying that you're like the back of my mother like you're you're worse than my mother basically it's mm-hmm. an insult to woman and Allah actually says it actually said in the verse I wish I could find it in my notes but I just I don't want to take like a few minutes to look at it <laughs> but it basically says in the verse like whoever whoever does this practice of bihar yudahiruna like it says that in the Quran yudahiruna uh, with their wives like there's actually a punishment for them like it's it's a very bad thing to do so this is like this is in a way insulting women right and even even I think before that Allah actually says in the Quran um, like Allah hears her complaint Allah hears what the woman is saying so that means her voice matters her voice is is very important if a woman complains Allah has Allah actually had to reveal a surah based on a woman coming to the Prophet complaining that a husband was disrespecting her what does that tell you that you that women have a voice in our religion we shouldn't we shouldn't be marginalizing our our sisters in our religion you know what I mean like our sisters have a voice it says it in the Quran in the Quran Allah is honoring the voice of a woman so why are we marginalizing why are we being why are men being misogynistic to Muslim women so these are the things even that I even learned too is like the Quran not only teaches me to be real with myself so with the surah to Yusuf I, I should be I should not be ashamed of if I have desires I should not be afraid to, to know I make mistakes you know the Quran teaches me to you know have respect for humanity the Quran teaches me how to, it teaches me the Quran teaches me how to have respect for women the Quran Allah is telling me that I as a man need to be respectful to women and there's nowhere in the Quran where where men are inherently better in the, in the, in the Quran there's nowhere that says that so these things that we're seeing about the community the Muslim community's problems I'm like where is this coming from because it's not from the Quran the Quran defeats all of that you know and it's yeah. sad it really makes me sad that we're not connecting with this book if we want the ummah to become a better Muslim nation we have to turn to the Quran there is no other I, I can't I can't make it any I can't stress it even anymore. It's it's the Quran. We need to learn from the Quran, and we need to t- like know the prophets, know his example. You know what I mean? Preach. So I was very, yeah. Very, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no I, I I I can't agree with you more on all of this stuff, and, and it's something that I personally have neglected as well um, for a long time, and probably continue to do. Um, and I think probably a lot of Muslims just take it for granted because it's that it's that book where. Every time you go to a mosque or a or a religious function or even a wedding or whatever, they're gonna read a bit of Quran like Surah Yasin or whatever it might be. Um, yeah. And it's just become it's just become that. It's almost like uh, someone once described it to me as like a program filler. So if you've got a program at the mosque and you've got like ten minutes and there's nothing to do there, what are you gonna do? Quran, right? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and it's just become that thing that plugs in the gaps. Um, and and we've we've. We don't appreciate it for for what it is, um, and and for, and for the, the the pure depth, I guess that that's there. Um, a couple more things I wanted to ask. So, your yeah. has your mindset changed um, over the course of of this project? Like, you know, have you seen a shift in the way that you see things now that you've looked at the Quran on a very deep level, or like not very deep level, but you know, from start to finish? Yeah, you know, honestly, like. One thing that's definitely changed about my mind state is that the concept of my time and the concept of my of everyone's time, I believe that is like the most precious and gift that nobody should ever take for granted, right? Like 
I, I learned this whole book. I learned the whole Quran, the, the meanings of the Quran in a year. That's something that people think is not possible. Like when they, they read the Arabic language and stuff like that. So that's like one thing because, and Allah always says in the Quran, like, for example, um, uh, there's a verse in the Quran, like your people will remember on that day what they strived for what 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 were you really doing in this life what was your main what were you really running for you know what i mean you will remember these things that we're doing so that it really taught me to appreciate my time and what i do with my time also another thing that i that really changed about me is just really understanding my purpose obviously in this life you know like did you think that we would that you would be created you know without a purpose and that you would not return to us you know what i mean so mm. i definitely realized a lot more even more that you know my purpose here is to just you know be the best muslim that i can be is to worship allah and follow the prophet learn a good example um but in terms of like my like the religion i didn't honestly i don't think the quran actually teaches me Islam with a capital I if you get what I mean like in the Quran like you'll 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 see the word Islam a few times for example like in the Dina in the Islam the religion with Allah is Islam but when I translate Islam I'm not I'm not I'm not translating Islam with this capital I that we have no now we have to we have Islam today with like you know we have uh, the, the we have the methods the schools of thoughts these sects, you know, all these things, all these rules. I'm thinking about Islam in the sense of submitting my my will to the faith, to the to, to to Allah. That's literally the Islam that that the Quran is talking about. You know what I mean? The Quran won't won't like give you knowledge on like fiqh or like all these things, like all these scholarly works. I think the most important thing that I took for me is that the Quran is actually just talking to my heart. It that's literally all it's talk. It's really talking to like. All these stories that you have with the prophets and what they went through there's nothing you can learn about legal legalities or like how to pray or anything all you learn is how to communicate with your heart that's literally all it is so the only thing that's changed about me i'd say is just i i kind of i kind of feel like i have an understanding of just what the literal and most pure sense of the word islam i think i i think that's what's really changed about me is like and I can't. I can't. Also, it learn. It it also taught me to not judge anybody, believe it or not, because calling somebody a kafir is something that a lot of us do today, right? But why are you calling somebody a kafir? Why? Like, if you look at who the kafirin, who the kafirun are in the in the Quran, they did like they. It, it's it's just based on them receiving like a revelation manifest in front of them, like a prophet of God preaching the word to him and rejecting it. And they just reject. But you have to be, something needs to be clear. Yeah. People don't know what Islam is today. I'm sorry. People don't know what the manifestation of Islam is today. I don't know, but I don't think a lot of people do know. I yeah. don't. You can't, you, you can't learn about Islam. Let's say, for example, I give dawah to a, non, uh, to a, to a non-Muslim or whatever. And it's like a video of like a scholar giving dawah. It's like, yeah, Jesus is, is, not, the son of, is not the son of God. Christianity is wrong. Islam is the right religion. And let's say like I don't believe in this. Oh, so he's a kafir now because you didn't give you, you he didn't you think that's what the Islam is? No, that's not what the Islam is, bro. In the Quran, Allah is talking about people who saw manifestations. Yeah. Literally manifestations. People saw miracles. 
miracles, and, right? And, like and said no. <laughs> you know, like, uh, we will not believe until we see Allah Jahra, like, manifest, manifested. Like, these are the kind of things people are saying. Like, yeah. people aren't saying these things. Like, so even, like, just the saying, calling people Catholic, like, these are words that I've, I've learned to, like, really, really hold a lot of weight to you. Like, you kind of get what I mean? Like, yeah. like, I believe a Muslim is literally somebody who is literally submits their will to Allah and they accept Muhammad as the messenger and it goes from there. That is the basis of being a Muslim. You know what I mean? But also people need to understand what is the word Muslim? What does the word Muslim mean? The word Muslim is is what's called in Arabic the ism fa'il. It's the active participle of the verb aslama, to submit. So being a Muslim is is to actively be based on this belief of submitting yourself to the will of God. But that's not just through your prayer. That's not just through your fasting. That's that's the way you talk to people. That's the way you do business with people. That's the way you, you know, you're always aligning your mind with la ilaha illallah, that there's no reality but God. That's the way I would translate la ilaha illallah. There is no illa, my, this, my, my full dedication, my total focus. This deity, there's no total focus of mine except to Allah. That's that's how I translate la ilaha illallah, right? And a Muslim is is a verbal is a verbal word that we must actively be, um, be acting upon, which is submitting ourselves to God. You know, but I feel like a lot of people have confused now Muslim. Like we put a capital M on Muslim, and like being a Muslim means you have to like follow this school of thought, and all these other sects are going to hell and stuff like that. And even in the Quran, Allah says, you know, like hold hold firm to the to the rope of Allah and don't don't separate. Like it says it in the Quran. So what do we do now with all these sects? What do we do with all that? I don't sometimes I don't even know if I should I should even call myself a Sunni or Shia. I don't know. I don't I think I should just call myself Muslim at this point. Yeah. You know, reading the Quran. It's crazy, man. Like and I definitely do have a lot of questions. You know what I mean? Because there's a lot of there's a lot of um there's a lot of context in the Quran that I didn't understand because I can't understand the context of the Quran even though I'm translating it. I only know the I only know a lot of the words. I only know the meanings at face value at this point. But there's um, there's Meccan surahs. There's surahs that are revealed in Mecca, yep. and then there's surahs that are revealed in Medina. So the Medinan surahs are actually very very heavy. Like I I, I almost I was so stressed out on the Medinan the Medina surahs because there's so much contents of like. The Prophet now he's the leader of a community and certain accidents are happening and stuff like that. Um, so these I definitely now I need to go through the tafsirs and understand what was going on. So I kind of feel like now that I finished You can start I again. I can start again, but not only that, I just feel like like imagine yourself like you're you you like you're skydiving yeah. and then like you're landed like in the middle of an ocean. But, but you can swim. You can actually swim. You won't drown. Mm. But you're just in this ocean in the middle of nowhere. And yeah. you don't. <laughs> you can go anywhere at this point. It won't end. That's, that's, how I, that's the kind of state I'm in right now. So I need to figure out what, what direction I'm going to go. You kind of get what I mean? It's, it's yeah, crazy. Yeah. You know, honestly, just, just hearing, hearing you talk about, about this project and, and your, your own journey on it is, has been... I can see the passion, and I can see that you've you've really immersed yourself in it all. And and honestly, like it's the 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 reason I reached out in the first place was just that I found it really inspiring, 
um, and and I hope I hope you carry on, and I hope you have you have more um, more efforts in this way because it, it it's something that we all need to do, and I think you know reconnecting or just connecting in the first place with the Quran um, yes. is something that that as Muslims it's central to our faith, um, and, and if if it's it's a shame that there isn't like a mandatory thing where you have to go through the 300 hours that you did and then the six months of translating the Quran. Because I think, <laughs> as you said, I, I think the world would be a better place, or at least Muslims would be better human beings and individuals um, if if they went through that whole labor. Um, yes. We, we could honestly, like I, I could, I say we could talk, I, I could listen to you talk for, for hours more on this, but I think um, to, to, to spare the listeners, we should um, park it here for now, if that's all right with you. Yes, absolutely, man. Like, I definitely can go on like a lot of it. It, it just it, it can never end. But no, honest, and, and thank you so much for being so candid about everything as well, and, and and sharing sort of personal insights into into your journey, into your story. Um, I do have one quick question, actually, going back right to the beginning of our conversation. Yes. That fourteen-year-old girlfriend of yours. Yeah. You didn't put a ring on it. What happened? No, <laughs> we, we were young, man. We Are we getting too deep? you know what it was there was the the smile on your face when you were talking about her and that part of your journey i thought okay this this guy is very fond memories (laughs) (laughs) no there's there's no bad blood but you know we're we're young man everybody has their their no of course of course um but no thank you and and um yeah next time you're in london let's definitely please catch up and and you know meet up and whatever Well, that's all the time that we have for this week. Thank you very much for joining us. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, Please be sure to subscribe, like, get in touch if you have any thoughts for future podcast contents or guests or anything. Um, You can reach me on editor at themuslimvibe.com. Please tune in next week for more great content. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wahad helps you become a halal investor in minutes. Clients from over 40 states have already started their journey with us. Here's how it works. First, we ask you eight simple questions to recommend a portfolio based on your risk profile. You then select your portfolio and simply sign up online. Your account can be approved in seconds. After you fund your account, we'll place the trades for you. All you have to do then is sit back and monitor your performance. It actually is that easy.